Jake Kincaid was known as the Dowser. With a forked branch, he'd made his way from the Arkansas Territory to Missouri, stopping at farms to find water for new wells. His plan was to raise enough money so he could do what he wanted and never pick up the branch again. But the dowsing was a gift. And a gift might be abandoned, but it will always be there, waiting to be claimed. One farmer didn't have money, so he paid Jake by giving him a parcel of land with a cabin. Since winter was settling in, Jake decided to stay there until spring when he'd take up trapping. His cabin sat a hundred steps from Bittersweet Creek and about a mile as the eagle flew from the herd place. When their oldest daughter Delilah showed up at his door begging for a place to stay, he'd not been with a woman in a long time. Without thinking, he said, Well, I reckon I could marry you. A few months later, Jake went west to trap. He left each fall and returned in the summer after the trapper's rendezvous. The life suited them. Delilah had a safe haven from her pa's temper, and Jake had someone to come home to. And most satisfying to them both were the months of solitude that they craved. Delilah strolled through the woods, thinking about how that day felt especially hot. Jake would be making his way from Green Valley, and when he arrived, he'd expect a clean house and a hot meal. She hurried home to prepare for him. Anticipating Jake's arrival always brought on dread and excitement. Every year, Jake traded for supplies with an artist who painted the mountain man's way of life. Delilah looked forward to getting new paints, brushes, and paper, but she also loved her time alone in the woods and the birds. She loved the birds. Delilah treasured walking among the pines and cypress trees. She'd grown to appreciate the smell of her own sweat and the way it mixed with the musky smells of the earth. Now she'd have to wash all that away. Jake's return meant she'd have to bathe more often, keep house, and cook meals. From him, she'd learned how appearances deceived. Her pa, Ebb, was a small man who looked as gentle as a cat, while Jake was stocky, barrel-chested, and furry like a bear. He could talk until the sun fell out of the sky, but Jake didn't have a temper. To Delilah, listening to Jake drone on and on about his trappings was a good trade-off. A few days later, Jake arrived. He grabbed hold of Delilah and pressed his lips against hers. When it seemed he'd never let go, she wiggled free and grabbed his leather satchel in search of the new paints and brushes. She moved so quickly that the bag dropped with a thump to the floor, causing a glass to crack. Staring down at it, she could clearly see her own reflection. What's that there? Jake sighed and collapsed upon a chair. A Miro was one. She took off his boots and fed him a bowl of vegetable and bacon soup. Jake gulped down the broth in less time than it took to sneeze. Then he fell asleep. Delilah carefully set the hand mirror on the table next to her tablet and stared into it. The crack ran the entire length of the mirror, but what she saw fascinated her. She touched her red hair that frizzed like the threads on a ball of wool. When Delilah was a young girl... Her ma braided it in a long pigtail and smoothed the wild hairs with lard. 
Delilah's fingers stroked the lines of her nose and her wide chin. She smiled, not just because she was amused, but because she wanted to see what would happen to her face. She had a space next to her black tooth. She'd lost the tooth when Eb punched her for not milking the cow a few years back. Delilah was amazed that a piece of glass could reveal the history of her life. A fire burned inside her as she began to draw.